0: Hello listeners, my name is Mark. If you've been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like grimdark 40K short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40K podcast where you get to write the script.
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com and for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a 5-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page. And feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Hello, welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric.
0: Hey there, I'm Mark.
1: Thank you for joining me, Mark, today on the most auspicious of days.
0: (laughs) What does that word mean?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Something. Use context. Uh, (laughs) Joining us today is Spenny. Hello.
2: How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, gentlemen? Whoo. Spicy, spicy.
0: Eric, spicy. Eric's rocking that new hairdo, and I just yeah, I'm feeling feelings okay. for the first time in years.
1: Before before we actually get into the episode, then I will share the story of my haircut. <laughs> uh, it's a story,
0: the seven-year journey of Eric's That's right.
1: So hair. it starts about two years ago when I stopped uh, working, mm. and then I just was like, "Fuck it, I'll grow my hair out." Because i the depression, I've, I've,
0: the depression set. yeah,
1: the depression pit, mm-hmm. and you know you have to fill the pit, so I decided to fill it with hair growth. <laughs> um, so I grew my hair out, and it was like long, long, like ponytail, man bun, do a whatever, like beh- below the shoulders, long.
0: Like you turn around, and then it's I a woman, face, but like, instead yeah, it's a man.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm still excited. No, of course, exactly. sorry, yeah. Um, and then recently, uh, just before Christmas, I like cut it off. It was pr- it was shorter, but more the length I was used to. Right. And then recently, I was talking about how I was like, man, like I might just like take it all the way down. (laughs) Just like leave maybe quarter, half an inch of hair and just like have a buzz cut. So today, uh, Megan, my girlfriend, she's like, hey, oh, did you want to do your hair? (laughs) And I said, of course, course. like (laughs) I would love your help, Megan, Hmm. uh, in cutting my hair. So we get all together and start buzzing. And, uh, we do it to like the, it's like a guy number three. Any guy knows that when you go into the barber, like you pick different, like I want to go one, two, three, just different lengths. Whatever. Of
0: course, every guy knows. Well, if experience. you get a haircut,
1: <laughs> Mark, have you never had a haircut? No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the wife, the wife makes me do my own hair buzz cut outside on the lawn. With garden shears. Yeah. yeah I know
1: it's a yeah. mess. Um. So anyways, we did number three and like there was like still a decent amount of hair. You can't see my scalp at that point. And I'm like a pretty white dude, right? So that scalp is pretty white. Anyways, it's good. Um, I'm just cleaning up some edges or whatever. And I took the guard off the buzzer. <laughs> I just took the guard off because I was cleaning up lines on like my beard and everything. Yeah. And she's like, oh, there's a spot here that I missed. Like, I just need to, like, even it out. And I'm like, okay. So I give her the buzzer, and it very clearly does not have a guard because she's been staring at me as I'm sculpting, like, this line. So there's no guard on this thing. Mm -hmm. And she just puts it right against my scalp and just, (laughs) And the horror on her face as I turn to look at her, and there's just a patch in this, like, Almost all the way down to my scalp at that nice. point. And then I was like, well, fuck it. I guess we're doing the entire thing. So I have <laughs> the shortest hair I've ever had in my life right now.
0: It's not bad. It's
1: not bad. No, it, it'll be okay. We're in quarantine. It's not like we're doing anything important. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just told her, I told her like for sure I was going to share her failure on <laughs> to, this. To
0: thousands of
1: <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, honestly, like when it was done, I'm um, like getting dressed and she's like, Are you sure it's okay? I'm like, It's fine. She's like, I know you're gonna talk about it on the podcast. I looked at her, I was like, You better, you bet yourself I am. Like, of course, I'm gonna do that. Anyways, that one was for you, this Megan. This
0: attempt on my life has left me scarred and
1: deformed. Yeah. It's like one of those YouTube videos where it's like, um, Oh, it's like today I was like almost murdered in my own bathroom. <laughs> it's clickbait, right? <laughs> yeah. what? Okay. Whoa. You, you, you've never seen those anywhere? It's like, a, it's like a picture of like some YouTube girl and it's like today I, I was like uh, harassed at like the grocery store and it turns out it was just someone behind them saying like, oh, you dropped your wallet. But they're like,
2: they harassed me.
1: Oh, okay. You must be watching a different YouTube.
2: I, the bathroom homicide situation has never ended up in my related videos
1: before. No. I've been on some weird trails. Okay.
2: I, hey, that's impressive.
1: <laughs> well, today, uh, I guess, is a listener lore. Listener lore.
0: We got four stories we're going to share with you. You guys know the drill. Um, <laughs> you know the drill. This is the 10th time we've done it. We've had 40 people send in listener lores. And we still read. have.
1: Oh, we, we s- still have. We still have many more. Many more. Which is very Cool. Yeah. yeah. We're just, we're getting through them, you know?
0: Yeah. So if you want to uh, send your listener lore to us, send it to the Podcast at gmail.com or message us and then I'll tell you where to send it yeah. or
1: whatever. But we'll make it work. Just if you want oh, yeah. to do it, get a hold of us.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right. So I guess I'll dive right in. Uh, this has been sent to us by Arch Magos Asriel Grimm. Mm-hmm. And it is the, so this one is very much uh, like a point. F- Form not point form, but it's it doesn't read like a story. It reads like a chronological event timeline. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So this is just the, some exposition. Uh, this the, it's the Forgeworld World Solvarius. Their style is unorthodox. Their colors are bone robes, plain plastile plates, and bronze decals, or decals, however you choose to butcher that word. Hmm. Uh, products of note: teleportation and stealth technology. Ooh, and product bonus—more reliable and more widespread throughout the legion, respectively. Okay, their demeanor is secretive but outwardly open and friendly to try to avoid too much suspicion. Their allies are a few other Forge worlds, including Stygies, Stygies or Stygies. How do you say that? I've heard it? Stygies, St- Stygies. I've said it that way just so people get upset. It's the other one. What is it, Spenny? It's
2: Stygies. Oh, I, I was going to say Stygies. You're both dumb.
1: That's what I. Yeah,
0: that's fair. Trust me.
1: All right, Stygies. Stygies okay. eight being one such forge. Um, their enemies are orcs and Zolius's Traxrelina.
0: Uh so mm-hmm. that's a homebrew. Uh, Zeno said he made up. Oh, very cool. This one was super long. I just took the timeline.
1: Um, Oh, so we left out parts? Oh, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so here's just some info. Solvarius is a planet mostly covered in ice and rock, having an extremely mountainous equator, with the larger of the forges having large structures jetting into the sky and connecting to an orbital dock, so space elevators. Very cool. Hmm. All right, beginning. So founded time immemorial. Silvarius was founded before the Dark Age of technology, though obviously not as a forge world, but being a home to technology and manufacturing. During the Dark Age, the forge became isolated, causing mass starvation and a breakdown of the life-sustaining technology, keeping the planet warm and unirradiated. Hmm. After these broke, the surface became a cold, irradiated. Wasteland, and eventually caused most of the population moving into massive forges, those who didn't either died or became radiated beyond recognition. Most of the forges being situated in the mountainous areas of the planet and connected via multiple massive underground hallways, maglev transports, and of course the orbital dock ring. Later, during the Dark Age, the planet was found by an exploratory ship of the Mechanicum and slowly became worshippers of the machine god, rebuilding the marbles of their planet, reclaiming the planet, and dedicated to the worship of the machine god. Once found nearing the end of the Great Crusade, it was placed under the full custody of the Mechanicum, where it has stayed ever since. Oh, so it had like two... uh, Like it was found once by the Mechanicum, who introduced the machine god to them, and then it was brought into like the fold during the Great Crusade. Yeah, they would have
0: been like uh, one of the dark age of technology, like original...
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it was before the Dark Age that uh, yeah, people yes, were yeah. there. It was yeah. found during the Dark Age, introduced to the Holy Spirit, yeah. Omnesiah. Okay, interesting. All right, let's uh, start their timeline. M- so this is everything in M31. 006, M31. As the boiling point of the Horus Heresy came along, large detachments of Skatari and Magi fell to the War Master's side, causing chaos. Omnesiah, <laughs> forgive me for that. That was... We'll, we'll joke the uh, <laughs> author threw in for us. Uh, these traitors became known as the Traxvarius or devils in Sol- Solvarian. The traitors gathered together to avoid being divided and destroyed by the loyalists on the planet. These heretics soon utilized the dark powers to hold their own against the loyalist forces, releasing no end of their vile mixes of unnatural flesh and corrupt machines. These confrontations came to a standstill, as the loyal forces being able to relatively contain the virus with varying levels of success, sometimes having resounding victories, suffering little, and other times losing vast areas of tunnel, maglev tracks, and orbital docks. These battles continued throughout the horse heresy, the conflict decreasing the production potential of Solvarius drastically, causing the still loyalist troops to become more and more hateful toward the traitors for their affront to efficiency. Eventually, a relief force of external Adeptus Mechanicus troops and Astra Militarum troops turn the tide and cause the Trax various forces to withdraw and flee the system into the vile depths of the immaterial plane. During this time, Archmegos Croamzer Rikina dies during the combat and Tech Priest Prime Zalre Traxru is raised to Archmegos. M32, 310 M32. Tech Priest Aspirant Golvar Lusril was made by Arkmagos Zalre Traxru and begins training once fully grown, ten years after creation. 544 M32. During the War of the Beast, Sylvarius is assaulted by an Orcish wog. The war lasts for just over 60 years and ends when a Skatari clade under the command of Arkmagos Zalre Traxru kills the war boss Evidaka within his personal battleship in orbit. Then results in the remaining orcs becoming feral and now roaming the less mountainous regions of Solvarius. Hunting the orcs becomes a ritual for the Sk- Scatari microclades. This became known as the ritual of the microclades hunt. 918 M32. The Augmentati is created, allowing the biologicals of the Forge World to show their dedication and earn honor and glory. Or that's how it's said to the biologicals they are cannon fodder and the line troops for the new Skitari oh, macroplate oh, oh, oh. formation the augmentati are also recruited from the feral world azalam as Azalam? As as lamb, as a lamb sure yeah within the same system of solvarius the skitari are also reformed u- utilizing increased amounts of stealth and teleportation technology the augmentati are an additional form of military arm for solvarius Used more as a general troop army, using a different and less skilled tactic set. M <clears> thirty three, three hundred ten, M thirty three. Archmagos Zalray Trexru is killed by an orc fleet while overseeing recovery of Xenos technology, unknown origin due to lack of recovered data. Tech Priest Prime Golvar Luciel raises to rank rises to rank Archmagos. Seven eighty M thirty three. During the war of the false Primarch, Is that a real thing? No, I've never heard of it. I have heard of it. Have you? Yes. Okay. Well, Mark, pull up False Primarch while I'm reading this, please. Uh, During the War of the False Primarch, Solvarian troops were requisitioned by the Greater Imperium alongside increased production. The Solvarian troops suffer heavy casualties, but return with three out of the ten macroclades sent. The production was stretched, causing the blessings and crafting to become rushed. Causing a decrease in efficiency of 1.24972%, deemed acceptable. What do you got on the
0: War of the False Primarch? The War of the False Primarch was a dark and bloody episode of the Imperium history, now largely lost to myth and purged from all records, that pledged the Submaculum Pacificus into anarchy from M780 to 860 M33. The conflict was finally ended when the High Lords of Terra conveyed the uh, Patriarch. Petrionarch? Pentarchy. Pentarchy a blood and raised to the five loyal chapters to, and raised five loyal chapters to destroy the 11 others that had been declared traitorous
1: fraternity. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So
0: yeah, I guess somebody tried to be a Primarch. Yeah. It didn't work out.
1: No, it never will. Cool. Uh, all right. So 921 M33, the Sylvari Aut. Automata enforcers are founded. A, tax, a task force of automata under the direct control of the Archmagos to execute his will, guard his person, and perform targeted strikes against vital targets. M34, 218 M34. The 511th Explorator Fleet, which is three cruisers and 20 escorts, is destroyed by an unknown fleet, presumed renegade Imperial. Area around disappearance marked for deeper scans to find reason for fleet destruction. 621 M34. The Sulvarian Tech Knights are founded under the Arc Tech Marine Rilius Crozel.
0: There's some words in this one. Yeah,
1: well, it's cool. He's got a bunch of his own made-up names. So. And they all seem to share like some common theme. Uh, so they're founded under Arc Tech Marine Rilius Crozel as a training ground and reserve of Tech Marines to be sent to assist any chapter in need of such a specialized role. Due to its limited use, this chapter is only equipped with a single strike cruiser and only numbering 137 Marines as of M42.
0: So, So does that? That was a space marine chapter. Yeah, it's a space marine chapter
1: that was founded by the Forge World.
0: Yeah, I think there's one other example of it. Um, I wish I remembered its name. And it's not Iron Hands. Like, they're very close, but it wasn't founded.
1: But it it also looks like all of these are tech marines. Yeah, that's like they lend them out.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, so it might not even be like a full chapter. I, it's I'd an be odd. very
1: interested to hear more about that. But yeah. We'll see where the story takes us. Uh- M35. 217 M35. A minor Xenos, the mm-hmm. Zolius Trax Relina race, is found living in simple tribes not yet considered a threat and deemed acceptable by the current Archmagos. Though the race slowly evolves, eventually becoming dangerous and aggressive towards Admec presence, making simple weapons underneath the gaze of the Solvarian priesthood. Though the race is forgotten about as the second wog hits Solarius. Uh, that chapter is the Steel Confessors. Oh, that's the other one that's founded yeah. by the... Yeah, by Mechanicus. Interesting. So it, it is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 245, M35. A worker uprising in Forge Gu'ol'a. Hmm. Where's he getting these words from? Imagination. That's weird. Uh, A metal refinement and alloy smelting forge caused a large disruption of production from said forge. A detachment of the Solveri enforcers are sent via maglev transports. In this detachment was six Vorax battle automata and two Domitar battle automata. The rebellion was crushed beneath the mechanical foot and claw of the automata within two years. 375M35 Major amounts of Xeno's technology, presumed Ratgol, found, may have been stolen from corpses by explorator feat GEAE-129. Technology is placed under study by Archmegos Golvar Lusril with the assistance of tech priest Zole Varnus and Servitor Clade. 391-M35 Tech priest aspirant Croel Rezal was made by Archmagos Golvar Lusril, And begins training once fully grown. 10 years. Wait, hasn't that line happened?
0: Uh, Yeah, so the very first Archmagos did this and then... Oh, created Golvar Lusril and now now he's
1: creating something else. Yeah. It comes full circle. (laughs) Yes. bowed to the machine. All right. So that was in 391. Uh, So now 792 M35. The orcs on Solvarius come under a sudden and unpredicted growth in population, occurring at the same time as an orc wog appears in the system. This outbreak causes a large-scale war, resulting in the destruction of two forges before the Solvarian Augmentati forces were able to reply to the orc fighters. The Skitari mobilize under the command of Archmegos Gulvar Lusril and begin picking off large threats in flash attacks and emplaced kill zones. Ooh. This war ended in four... What? yeah that they didn't quite yeah so out, it's saying this know. war ends in 459 m35 but right now we're in 792 m35 mm.
0: must have just been a weird typo
1: yeah weird Uh, so anyways this war ends in blank when the orc war boss cogstompa was killed by an automata detachment automata or automata Fuck, I, is there a right way to say that I think it's automata. Is it automata? All right. I will continue saying automata with confidence then. All right. Was killed by an automata detachment, causing the destruction of an entire orc base. The orcs that didn't flee became feral once again Mm -hmm. and are hunted according to the ritual of the microclades hunt. Oh, I guess that's how they would normally keep the orc population under control, was that ritual that they talked about earlier. All right. I'm digging that. Uh, M36. 238-M36. During the Age of Apostasy, Sylvarius remained mostly unaffected, but sent its own troops to assist Mars during the final battle, providing their own Augmentati, 20 microclades, and Scatari, 7 macroclades. 458-M36. Archmagos Golvar Lusril died due to an error in calculation of risk slash reward allowed him to be in the direct vicinity of experimentation with Xeno's technology, presumed Necron, resulting in a detonation. Tech priest prime, Croael Rezal, raised to Magos. 839 M36. During this time, the Zolius Trexrelina became more of an annoyance to transportation around the planet, beginning to organize themselves to raid convoys and steal the technology, supplies, and etc. they were transporting. At this time, they became a secondary target during the ritual of the microclades' hunt. Do we know when the first time they were found? Uh, The 06? Direction? Yeah, it was 217M35. At that point, they were found living in simple tribes. Yeah, I And guess- then it says, though the, sla- the race slowly evolves. But it's only been a thousand years.
0: Yeah, like he had a whole big, like, a bunch of after information.
1: Yeah. That you might explain it a little more. But uh, uh, I guess it's been 1600 years, but even that seems very, very fast. Uh, but like so, just first some perspective.
0: I think our level of technology two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, even sixteen hundred years ago. We weren't we living.
1: Were- we weren't living in tribes three hundred years ago, though. No, no, but okay, sixteen hundred years ago, like you know. yeah. But we're not. We're not in space, threatening shipping lanes in space. We will be in another two years. But he also says slowly. He's they slowly oh, okay, evolve. Okay,
2: okay. I don't know. So this is just around, this is just around the planet, though. So I mean, it could be. I thought it was off planet. But they're oh, just
1: on the just planet. Say around, around the planet, there in the. Oh, I assumed like around the planet is in the space orbiting the planet. <laughs> so oh, I'm, okay. Yeah, no, I'm just wrong there, I guess. Yeah. Oh, no, I think it could, could be read either way. Yeah. All right. Woo. <laughs> M37. We're getting there, boys. 039 M37. The storm of the Omnisize isolation begins, cutting Solvarius off from the wider Imperium. Though production continues, waiting for the storm to dissipate, building up to such a degree, extra storage containers were t- built to hold the numbers of weapons, ammunition, tanks, etc., ready for tithes. 239 M37. Archmagos Croel Rezal develops the Croael pattern support servo skull to assist Skatari forces in effective termination of the Zolius Trax Relina. Having a, high incre- having a very high increase of successful missions after deployment, detailed after the timeline. 747-M37 The Zolius Traxrelina performed a major attack against a storage structure, killing two clades of Augmentati and a large majority of a Scatari clade. This also provides the Zolius Traxrelina a large number of weapons and ammunition for their further raids. 822-M37 Bless me. Uh, the storm of the omniscized Isolation ends, allowing Solvarius to once again provide supplies to the wider Imperium. How long did that go on for? Jeez. Almost 800 years. Well, I'm time to be mad at somebody. That's a, the Omnicized Isolation. Oh. It's a long time to be alone. Oh. Uh, M38. Zero one, zero zero 001 to 999 nine nine M38, so a thousand years. Hmm. Zolius Trax Relina declared an affront to the efficiency of Silverius, and now fell under the list of targets for the ritual of the Microclades hunt. I thought they already were.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Having multiple hunts launched launched from the various forges around the planet, the majority of which end with a successful hunt, though so failures did occur, and more frequently than was deemed acceptable by the ruling magi Magi, Arct Magos of Sylvarius. Though through the success rate inc- though the success rate increased as the clades became used to the Xolius Trax method of fighting, this mixed with the abnormal abnormally long period of relative peace caused the adepts in charge of warfare to grow slow and inefficient. M thirty nine. one M thirty nine. 50 scatari and 74 Augmentati Macroclades are sent to assist in the defense of the 10th Black Crusade. Only half a Skitari Macroclade returns. 301 M39. Yet again, Silverius sends aid to defend Cadia from the 11th Black Crusade, sending 42 clades of Scatari, 51 Macroclades of Augmentati, this time having two Skitari Macroclades and a third of an Augmentati Macroclade return. 518 M39. Tech Priest Aspirant Azrael was made by Archmagos (laughs) Croael Rezal and began full training once fully grown. Let me guess, 10 years after creation. You'd be correct. Mm -hmm. 703 M39. Again, the orcs on planet unite under a new war boss. This battle saw the destruction of over half the Augmentati clades and a large majority of Skatari macroplades. The battle caused the looting of three full forges. This battle continued until Warboss Gitcrusha was spotted during an assault on Archmegos Groael Rezal's Forge, which caused a detachment of the Solvari automata enforcers being teleported behind the enemy lines and removed them from the factor of battle. This result caused the orc attackers to be drastically less effective when compared to the organized defenders. 827M39 Testing on Xenos technology results in a new tick. No, nootic. Is it new tick? New tick. It's like the new sphere. Oh, so new tick Yeah. I'd like a new sphere. Okay. Results in a new tick corruption across two forges. Cybersmiths take 274 days to repair the affected new sphere. Delays cause severe inefficiency and the priests performing the tests are found dead by the technology. Cause oh, of no. death. Cause of death was reported as uncontrollable corruption causing vital system failure and shutdown. Augments purified and presented to new biological components. M40 200M40 Discovery of Xenos technologies presumed Eldar the technology is reported destroyed to the Inquisition. Archmagos Crowael Rezal begins study of destroyed technology with the assistance of Tech Priest Major Azrael. 274 M40 fourth orc wog impacts Solvarius, and the conflict this time starts as Arkmago's Croael Rezel's forge, having the first planet fall to be an orc cruiser, landed directly next to the forge. The resulting flood of orcs wiped most of the forge out before a reactor within the forge detonated to an orc commandos, causing a failure in the containment fields. This battle causes the death of Arkmago's Croael Rezel and the subsequent promotion given to tech priest prime Azrael, under the command of Archmage Azrael, repeated stealth attacks are launched against the orc attackers. Finding unexpected difficulty from the orc commandos, these fights largely end with the orcs winning, though the occasional blessing of the Omnisciac causing a few clades to come out on top. This fighting continued for 47 years until the orcs seemed to lose interest in the stealthy clades of Skitari leaving the planet mostly destroyed, only having a few forges still operational. Repairs start instantly. It's a long war. Okay. 511 M40. Repairs of the main forges and orbital docks are mostly complete. Azareo begins being <laughs> begins to refit a long serpent-class battlecruiser named Silverius's Blade to act as the transport folder to automata enforcers. 548 M40. Azrael experiences a vision of the Inanus Cursor, a gargantuan ship that will be described later. 549 M40. The construction of the Inanus Cursor begins under the direct control of Azrael and the Council of Artisans to fuel the holiness of the ship. Azrael delves into deep and decrepit forges abandoned since the Horus Heresy, retrieving the weaponry he'd mount on the ship, which are four Chrono Cannons. And a single massive Graviton weapon, which was named Noctem Eternum. M41. 103 M41. The Silverius' Blade Battlecruiser is finished and leaves the docks carrying the Silvari Automata Enforcers, allowing a faster deployment with its array of teleportation technology. 139 M41. Um. Sulverius sends 52 Scatari Macroclades and 91 Augmentati Macroclades to assist in the defense of Cadia during the 12th Black Crusade. Only one Scatari Macroclade surviving with minor losses. I like they not fighting hard enough. Only one Scatari Macroclade survives out of 50, 52 and 91. Oh, that was a joke. I get it. But they almost all died. Yeah, well, you said they weren't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you were fighting too hard. It sounds like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't the Imperium win that fight? <laughs> well, I mean, according to them, they did. I guess. Oh, uh, wait. <laughs> uh, four nine one M forty one. Zolius tracks Relina grow in numbers again, though most stay hidden due to the repeated ritual of the Clades' hunt. These have become more frequent to quell the numbers of orcs on the planet to reduce the risk of a wOG occurring again. 686-M41. Construction of the Ananus cursor is complete, being designed to connect with the Solvarius's blade for longer transportation. Stays, it stays in orbit and serves as the new flagship for the Sulvarian fleet. All right, so that's their entire history until now, where we are. His last thing is 001-M42. Production of weapons, ammunition, and troops has been put on strain due to increased ties and decreased materials coming into the forge world due to the Indomitus Crusade and the appearance of the Cicatrix Maledictum. Even with the ritual of Clade's hunt, orc numbers seem to be rising, causing a large amount of worry among the priesthood, responding in an increased number of rituals, though with a slowly decreasing success rate. At the same time, the Zolius tracks Relina are growing in numbers as well, causing additional concern at possible alliances. Scout clades dispatched and rituals of clades hunt continues. Mm. So that is uh, Archmagos Az- Azriel Grimm's Forge World Solarius. It's a lot to unpack, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> any initial th- thoughts? Mm. I got
1: some. If not, well, there's a there's a couple things in here that I think are really cool and just never seem to come back. Yeah, uh, if I had to say like a really good thing about this is that I like that the orcs were a constant plague, <laughs> yeah. like they never left. Which is exactly what it be yeah. what it would be like with orcs is yeah. once they're on the planet, you are constantly assaulted with orc wogs every couple hundred years. <laughs> so I like that he did not abandon the orc storyline sure. that, that was well done i think sure
0: so what i really liked about it was uh spenny you actually asked a question for ama episode and you're like what's your favorite throwaway line in 40k yeah all of this to me is a throwaway line and mm-hmm. i like it because i what i like is being able to come up with my own lore based on some throwaway line so you can literally just go to any point um and then come up with your own crazy story for what's happening in that little time period with the information he gave. So I really like that. Like, okay, like you said, it's a lot to unpack, and like some of it never comes back. Other times,
1: like orcs, it does come back. But yeah, so the orcs, the Zolius tracks, Relina. Yeah, um, like the Rakul doesn't come back. No, the the chapter that they found
0: never that, is mentioned that doesn't again. come back. Yeah. But like yeah. that that throwaway line right there with that chapter like that just opens up this whole world of ideas in my mind, mm. which is what I like out of forty k is the ability to write my own story based off this cool setting
2: Ooh. absolutely
0: Does anything jump out at you, spenny
2: uh kind of like you said, just the the format of this timeline is uh is really neat and very at least to me kind of reminiscent of the sections in the the codices, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where you know you have like the timeline of that faction uh, and that army, and just like you said, everything is you know it's in very brief bullet point format, but everything speaks to you know oh, wow, I wonder what happened there. Yeah, and uh, you know, kind of building that in the background of your own mind while you're just reading this before you even get to the actual story. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I I really like it actually. Like. I don't even know if one particular thing jumps out at me. Maybe that Space Marine chapter
1: really kind of yeah, intrigues one, me. That one offers a lot of potential, I think. I think they said there's 137 Marines or whatever. It's not even like a real chapter.
0: Oh, it was, oh I didn't realize it was that small. Yeah, 137
1: oh, okay. Marines sure. in this chapter which is only comprised of tech Marines yeah. that they seem to lend out to people. I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like the I know that all tech marines go to forge worlds to train yeah, and to like learn about the omnissiah and like how to properly care for things. But while they are joint, like they are part of, um, is, th- is there like a title for their school or whatever? Uh, no, not that I'm aware so, of. So, so while they're a part of the machine cults yeah. and they have like a connection to their forge world, they are still a part of the chapter. Like, The Space Wolf chapter or the Imperial Fist chapter. Yeah. Whereas these guys, they I feel like they would be so much more tied to the Forge World itself because that's literally where their quote unquote chapter like resides. Eh, No, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The this takes a lot of things that exist in real life in not real life (laughs) in real life. Yeah. No, yeah, they, like the uh,
0: the War of the False Primarch or whatever. Yeah,
1: or like I think three different Black Crusades are mentioned in yeah. this, but not all of them, which and, is good.
0: Yeah, and he right? didn't go, he sent them and they won glorious honors. And, and they all died like,
1: except for like 2%. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you know, it was only because of them showing up that they won the day. You yeah, know? Won, I'm glad
1: that wasn't included. Yeah, it was just, once
0: again, kind of just bullet point, throwaway line.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I, I enjoyed it. It's. It's not my style of. Of how I like consuming, the flavor of an army. Yeah. But I. I know that it's much more yours. Mark, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Like there's the Rackool bits. Like major amounts of Xeno's technology found. Major amounts. Like, yeah. did they incorporate Rackool technology into some of their stuff? Or,
0: <laughs> right. Sure. Like maybe some.
1: Yeah, cool. Anything else? I'm good. I think I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I think
0: I, I think I'm good too. Yeah, I just, I just keep reading different ones. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. some
1: of them are, some of them are very cool, and some, yeah, when I want to know more. That's like the best thing, I guess. Exactly. It's like a good indicator. It's like, ooh, like you've piqued my curiosity exactly. with this,
0: that, or a story that like has yeah. a good start and a good finish, and it's wrapped up, and you're like, it's it's done.
1: Yeah, exactly. But um, a lot a lot of difficult words in that. <laughs> I'll tell you that yeah. right now. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, there's some funny names in there.
1: Yeah, the Azure. The so it's it's spelled A Z R apostrophe capital A E L L. How on earth do you say that? Because if there's no apostrophe, it's as as real. But when there's an apostrophe, like, does it break I think, up the I word? Think
0: you're supposed to do the sound. No, it's the. Oh
2: whew. yeah. Oh oh, <laughs> I did not know that. But that's gonna make me pronounce words much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anytime you say the word "can't" or "don't," you got it. Right.
1: Yeah. Can. can. <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, the words are tough, but they all like share of a, a theme. There's a lot of Z's. There's a yeah. lot of AEs. Al- apostrophe. Almost every yeah. name has an apostrophe in it. Yeah. Um, the augmentati. That's kind of sad, <laughs> but you know what? Whatever.
0: I I also like to um, all the automaton that he uses like all automata,
1: the, all yeah. the battle
0: robots and stuff. It's very cool that you keep seeing them pop up over and over.
1: Well, I think they said like something happened to like the flesh on the planet, right? And yeah, there was it's a lot of irradiated. it's a lot of radiation. Yeah. 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 Oh, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank you. Ooh, thank you. that Spenny nah. for
0: listening. So, thank you, Eric, for reading and I, Mark. Well done.
1: <laughs> I was just waiting for Spenny's. Thank you. That's all.
0: Nah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm flattered. <laughs> all right. The next story is from Cody. The Meg (laughs) Ladroth (laughs) dynasty, (laughs) chief laugh right there. Meg Ladroth dynasty, also known as the followers of the Void Dragon, are a Necron dynasty whose original identity has been lost to the ravages of time and corrupted memories. Their sole ambition is to find a way, by any means necessary, of destroying Mars and the prison that holds the Satan Meg (laughs) Ladroth. 60 million years ago. As the Satan were being destroyed one by one, Megalodra could see that his kin were fighting a losing battle. Instead of suffering the same fate as the other Satan, he used his godlike powers to alter the command code of an exceptionally savage and uh, maniacal pharaoh called Megalodra. He embodied a command that would leash the overlord to his will and his will alone. Upon entering the Great Sleep, the code was activated. Megalotech saw visions of the galaxy on fire; every world raised and rebuilt in his master's image. He saw continent-sized monuments built honoring Megaladros, the divine might. He might, un- or he understood that the only way to accomplish this was to submit the will of his master entirely. It was to, for only the flames of the dragon could set the galaxy ablaze. Megalotech first reawoke during the formation of the cyclical maladjustum. The torrents of the energies tearing, the torrents of energy and tearing of space stirred the corrupted pharaoh from his slumber. He awoke surrounded by molten rock and the intense flames of a thousand dying suns. At first, he did not know if this was the source of the unyielding flames caused from the from a giant blazing gas giant, a series of stellar explosions. Or if it came from within himself. No matter the source, his tomb world was, a mul- was more molten than solid. Regaining at last some form of his faculty, the torrid Pharaon raised a searing orb of energy and ignited it from within its core. The seas of swirling of lava began to rise as endless warrior bodies and crackling constructs took shape from the broiling, scal- scalding ocean. With his army risen, Megalotech was ready to begin his mission, setting the Void Dragon free from his prison and setting the galaxy ablaze. He knew exactly where to find Megalodroth as if it was instinct, akin to the way a moth is drawn to an intense flame. The crypts of uh, Megalodroth Dynasty are charged with the task of locating sources of knowledge pertaining to Mars, or Megalodroth specifically. Once the target is located, the dynasty sets forth using interdimensional corridors and teleportation. Upon arriving at the desired location, Megalotech and his court phase into real space. After quickly and methodically surveying the battlefield, Megalotech his, plants his void scythe into the ground. The surface begins to glow and shift. That is what the invasion truly begins. Blasts of energy explode from his scythe, and the ground begins to crack. Molten lava erupts from once solid ground as his army is summoned (laughs) this is fucking wild Uh, Warriors and immortals claw themselves out of the pools of molten ground and begin to take rank vehicles and constructs crackle and pulse with the unyielding burn of a fusion reactor the heat projected from the intense flowing bodies of the armies ignites the flammable material surrounding the area ignites all flammable material even heavily armored enemies and vehicles can melt or burst into flame by being too close to the torrent and the board. The path of destruction that is left by a dynasty, dynasty is anything but subtle. It creates a scorched path leading straight to Mars. Those unlucky enough to have information about the Satan's prison or those simply just in the way rarely survive. Even rival dynasties are scorched before them. Their codes altered by the corrupting flames of the Void Dragon. Fallen enemy Necron bolster fallen enemy Necron bolster the ranks of the Megalodroth dynasty and serve their new master for eternity. That is the story of the Megalodroth Dynasty. Um it's pretty fucking powerful. Sounds like. I I like it because Necron technology is capable of the craziest feat. They literally have something where they can just blot out suns. Like if this was any other race, like this level of technology where like they're literally like Yeah, where it's magic. Cores it's yeah. magic science. Yeah, like
1: it, it very it very much fits to like the whole how you can't even fathom the technology yeah. capable of that the necron are wielding, right? Yeah. So and just that that, that definitely like, fits.
0: Yeah, just that image of him planting his staff and then like it's the a very it's a very like world of cracking. warcraft.
1: Yeah, like, the yeah, Lich King, like, stabs his sword into the ground okay. and, like, raises Sindragosa from, like, her rest. and it, That's exactly the, the image that, like, evokes in my mind mm-hmm. when I think of this, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the interesting thing that I'm not sure if uh, Cody, because Cody wrote this, I'm not even sure if, if Cody knows, but the Void Dragon was known for being able to create um, invincible warriors capable of shooting lightning. So that was like a catan that was his power. And so the ability of this pharaoh to raise his warriors and almost create them yeah. from lava or from the dead bodies of the dead very much is reminiscent of something that the void dragon actually did, which I like. Yeah. It, it might it might be an unintentional tie-in, um but I I liked that yeah, potential like theme that ran through. Yeah. There's maybe you can it, I don't know. So, the Void Dragon is, first of all, there are many shards of the Void Dragon out there.
0: I don't think... Th- is there? Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, he's just, been...
1: He's not whole. just only
0: one
2: active.
1: That's the weird thing, is why is there only one active? So that's, like, if you didn't... If you don't know that there's many different pieces of the Void Dragon, and you think that the only one resides on Mars, obviously, they're pointed at Mars, these yeah. guys. But... The chances are better, though, that like a different void dragon would do it because it seems like the void dragon on Mars is pretty preoccupied.
0: Yeah, and and ultimately there is this whole thing like the void dragon on Mars isn't a satan. It's not clarified. It's very yeah. It's one of implied, those
1: exactly. But, yeah, it's it's a rumor. Yeah, it very well could be true. It also might not be true at some yeah. point in the story. So that's. Like, if you're okay with that, I guess write whatever you want. I I
0: think there's a very easy way to solve that. Like, how so? You just got to always throw in, like, a rumor to have been, or it appears they're heading straight to Mars. Or, like, you know, there's there's keywords like that where it's not an absolute.
1: Sure. I think even another way you could do it is just that Necron are known for having faults in their code. You could just, like, even if it turns out that it's, it's not the Void Dragon that isn't a Catan. Yeah. His dynasty is just going insane. Sure, sure. Right? Like, there's just, a, like, he awoke in lava. You think that wouldn't corrupt any of, like, <laughs> your programs or, sure. like, your master program? Like, how did your master program not wake you up before, <laughs> right? Like, your planet was consumed, right? <laughs> or how, how did none of the safeguards go off, right? So you yeah. could easily say that there's some level of insanity in the code of these yeah. guys
2: Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: It's very evocative, though, in terms oh, yes. of, like, the like the images that you get yeah. from this. Like, and the like, heat can ignite even—it can just burn things that get too close to it, which is very cool, and it totally makes sense, like— that's definitely something you'd probably see in Necron. Just they just expose all their whatever reactors that they use. Because they don't use like reactors like we understand them. Hmm. Right. So whatever it is they're using, they're just venting it very differently than yeah. what another dynasty does. So yeah. I just imagine too the way these ones look. Like, so I I would if it was me doing it,
0: I'd like spray paint them red and then slap on like a crackle paint over top of that on the model itself to make it look like they had that molten. And then well, you literally paint them like
1: not even red. I would just, I would even go brighter than that.
2: Uh, sure. Yeah. But sure.
1: I, I get the exact yeah, same yeah. thing that you're feeling. Yeah, you're yeah. literally painting them as if their bodies yeah. are and burning. Yeah. Like if you utilize them. the crackle paint, because yeah. that is the key. Um, Black crackle paint. And yeah. then you, like, yeah, have reds and yellows and oranges underneath them. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks, Benny. I, I think that after hearing this story, like,
2: the first thing I want is a, a, Perspective of somebody living on one of these planets that gets stricken. Like, not only is it almost like a zombie awakening type feeling, but it's a molten zombie. Let me set at the stage so it's like beautiful
0: sunrise, everything's good, birds chirping, and then death, and then molten zombie robot And then you're dead. Yeah. So that's nice.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I like it. I, my, my literally, my only thing is that is the Void Dragon an actual Catan? What's the actual relationship? Yeah, I, yeah, that's the only thing here. Yeah, um, I do like too that um, they're
0: servants of him. It, it's very old school Necron. It is
1: old school Necron. Which, yeah, the slave to the yeah. the Star Gods, which I,
0: I've talked about doing a Necron dynasty before too, and that's very much what it'd be like a an actual slave of Satan. So
1: it's a good one. It, it's it's such a nice way to write these robots. Yeah, I think I think it's easier to to think of them as like soulless, not having any ambition, instead. Like, how do you write ambition of a creature that doesn't need anything? Yeah, right. They're just it, literally, every single one is a, a prideful beast. Is that all they are? So they can get boring, I think, that way. But this way, just you almost feel sorry for them. Yeah. In some aspect. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Cody. All right.
0: Who's next? Yeah. So he does say that uh, even rival dynasties. Oh. Yeah, even rival dynasty is scorched before them. Their code altered by the corrupting flames. So, like that is the first,
1: but that's the first time he mentions corruption in it. So it makes me wonder, like, was he just looking for another word, or does he truly mean corrupting? Yeah, right. Yeah, he does also talk. Yeah, 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 because like command codes and everything—that's normal, standard Necron stuff in terms of like. The Void Dragon um, altered the command code of the pharaoh. That's not a corruption; it's just an alteration. Yeah. Whereas a corruption is like an unknown entity or code that is changing itself or whatever. So, even that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, no, I, I liked it. It was cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, I got nothing else to say about it. I enjoyed that one actually. These both yeah. of these, yeah, uh, I, I like actually enjoyed like, I like they, that. <laughs> they provided two very different things for me mm. so far. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> oh, you wanna know more? I no. don't wanna know what those things are <laughs> that they're providing you. <laughs> okay, well fine.
0: Next story.
2: next story? Okay. Uh it's it's B Rice or or Bryce. Mm-hmm.
1: Known known colloquially by his friends. <laughs> right.
2: By his friends here. Uh Bryce, it, it is a story uh which I guess we're just going to jump right into it. Mm-hmm. A few systems away from the Mechanicus Forge world of Stygies, or do we determine that it was we start with Stygies, Stygies, yeah. Stygies Eight. Okay, Stygies Eight, located in the Segmentum Pacificus, lies the Night Agri world of Varus Three. The world was discovered by vessels from Stygies Eight during M thirty five as it was previously obscured by warp storms despite its proximity to the forge world. The planet is tidally locked with its relatively small star, which causes an interesting phenomena on the planet's surface. Directly facing the star is the large content of Sorestra or Sorestia, Sorestia, which is covered in grasslands, forests in the northwest, and a mountainous central region. To the southwest of the continent lies an Archipel- archipelagic <laughs>
0: there's, <laughs> Sorry, these there's no underlined word there so just, it's just
2: right. geography here um, chain of volcanic islands which are inhabited by teeming numbers of feral orcs who often gather in, into large war bands and attempt to raid the coastlines and small villages of the continent surrounding these landmasses is a vast unknowingly deep ocean covering the rest of the planet The waters around the continent and islands are relatively tame, but if one ventures further than a few hundred miles, the lack of light and gravitational pull towards the star cause massive crashing waves hundreds of feet high, and frigid frigid waters filled with monsters of unknown size and numbers. As 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 soon as the planet was discovered, the Mechanicus realized it was a poor choice for a minor forge world. However, the fertile plains of Sorestia made farming an easy adaptation. Colonists were shipped in and a space station. Theta Psi 7 was built to accommodate the ships as well as a space elevator constructed to increase the materials brought to the surface. Soon after the first waves of settlers arrived and the basic structures were finished, the Age of Apostasy began and Stygis Eight had to focus on the civil war raging across the Imperium. Varus Three was left on its own, Theta Psi VII left quiet, the elevator empty. The last shipment to arrive with the colonists contained a small group of Imperial Knights, mighty battle suits to protect the farmers. Several generations passed as the rift in the Imperium was kept open by Ghosh Vandyre, a large capital city was built, nestled in the mountains, christened as Gravenburg. Sprouting up around the base of the elevator, a sizable town named Azura was also created. As time went on, more villages sprouted up in the countryside, as the soft rolling hills yielded more and more rows of crops. However, as the generations passed, less and less of the wondrous technology the Mechanicus had provided continued to function the repairs impossible for the simple colonists. Among, amongst the population, though, the echoes of times past held firm. A handful of tech priests were left behind, too unimportant to be transported off-world. Each of these tech priests, seven in total, formed a ruling council over the settlers, they would each specialize in some kind of work befitting the people, whether it be maintenance to their basic machines or leading them to war or arming them with rudimentary firearms forged from the basic metals in the mountains surrounding Gravenberg. As the decades went by, all of the tech priests died to the forces of the planet. One fell to a massive orc raiding party, another crushed by a rogue machine spirit controlling a tractor, <laughs> Another loss loss to the oceans as he attempted to venture into the deeps. As they perished, the acolytes they trained under them took their place, and the knowledge and power remained in the council. Though the machines failed, the, the maintenance proving too much for the later generations of the council, they preached of the Omnissiah and of the endless legions of metallic warriors he commanded. Though the people never fully understood, they believed firmly in the Omnissiah, the machine god, and the motive force. Despite the best efforts of the council, too much time passed to save every machine left behind, and the low-tech mines in the mountains only allowed for basic metallurgy and stamping, resulting in the population being stuck in the steel age, with basic farming tools, sprawling medieval-like villages and local militias armed with swords, spears, shields, and bows. These militias were practically standing armies, constantly fighting skirmish after skirmish against the feral orc invaders, on occasion being rallied together by the council to form one large army in order to repel an invading warband too large for the villages alone to handle. The best of these warriors, one from each village, was allowed to participate in a special tournament held in the Eternus Watch, A massive stone fortress first built to overwatch the seas on the southern coast and prevent any large incursions, and housing half of the Ravenburg town guard on rotation. The tournament was only held when a throne mechanicum in one of the handful of knights left left by the mechanicus was left open, its pilot dead. One of the members of the council, known as the Master of the War Machines, had been tasked with the dutiful maintenance of the knights. Out of all the council members, this one person must memorize the knowledge of his predecessor to every minute detail. If they failed to repair and maintain these machines, the entire continent would fall to the orcs. At the conclusion of the tournament, the battle-hardened winner is immediately inducted into the knight's house, which keeps its machines in the watch fortress. The small but mighty house vindicta... vindicta... Takes only those who have proven themselves. Therefore, it is considered the highest honor in the entirety of Sorestia to pilot one of the Omnissiah's holy war machines in battle. Due to the scarcity of the machines, typically only one knight is deployed, flanked by two armiger, armiger, or armiger. I've always I, mean, I say armiger. Armiger, okay. Armiger war glaives. To match the ferocity of the orcs, all of the knights within House Vindicta are the errant pattern, and all armagers are as warglaives. Agile beyond what should be capable, they lead the militias in the larger battles, dancing among the feral beasts, ripping them to shreds with their reaper chainsword, melting down even the largest of their kind with the thermal cannon, and tearing through masses with the heavy stubber. The warglaves serve as a screen, mirroring the Knights' close combat prowess and keeping the larger, less mobile machine from being overwhelmed, as well as protecting the weaker troops on the ground. After being selected as the winner of the tournament, a warrior is inducted into one of the machines after vowing to defend Sorestia, honor the Council, and destroy the Holy Omnesiah's enemies with fervor, with fervor and fire. Unlike other houses in the Imperium, House Vindicta does not have many ceremonies beyond praying to the machine god before battle. Outside of combat, the reaper chainswords are put to work felling trees. The thermal lances of the Warglaves assist in deepening mines, and the largest fields plows are pulled by teams of armagers to quicken the pace. The house knows its ties to the populace and serve it with honor although the pilots are forbidden from having families to prevent favoring one village's safety over another. This notion of absolute service to the people of Serestia is also their most common demise. All too often, the knights will refuse to leave a village unprotected, even if the tactical situation demands their retreat. These stands will save innocent lives, but leave the machines badly damaged, sometimes the pilots dead, and sometimes years being dedicated to repairing them. The house is led by whomever is the most experienced, battle-seasoned pilot, and is advised and aided by the council member charged with their maintenance. The knights are too few to afford any other official leadership position, although warriors who show their worth as leaders will often be followed into battle by others. Out of the entire continent, these warriors are also frequently the most pious members of the machine cult, likely due to their contact with the last piece of Mechanicus technology left behind. Finally, in the latter half of M37, the great Adeptus Mechanicus returned to Varus Three. To the Mechanicus, it felt like they had never left, but to the people of Varus Three, the almost two millennia made it feel as though this return was the Omniciah answering their prayers. As time passed, the people knew of the space elevator, but never quite understood it. However, when the first ship docked, the council ordered a full reception. At the massive gates in the center of Azura, every knight left in House Vindicta stood as watchful giants, a line of metal and fury, nearly gods to the common folk. Before them stood the council, knowing key information about the Mechanicus, their long-lost overlords, but still they were shaking like leaves, waiting for the elevator to reach the surface. Behind the mighty towering machine stood the entire army of Serestia, Battle-hardened men from every village and town. Everywhere around this impressive array, the streets of Azura were packed with people from across the continent, desperate to see the metal priests of the Omnisaya that their leaders had told stories of. As the giant metal doors creaked open, out stepped a line of Skitari from the shadows, drawing gasps from the crowd as their elation became overwhelming. The council dropped to a knee as one, the knights behind them bowing their heads in reverence, the army, militia by militia, dropping to their knees as their sergeants barked orders. As the Skitari marched forward, a single tech priest, his mechadendrites causing villagers to faint from the sight of them, strove forward. Thus, the rediscovery of Varus III began. The Mechanicus realized that the society that had formed on Varus III or Varus three, depending on which paragraph I read it in worked. <laughs> and instead of elevating their technology massively, they allowed simple substitutions. No longer would the brave warriors of the militias be carrying steel, swords, and spears. Instead chain swords, shock mauls, and shields similar to those used by Arbides. Arc most are the most common. More experienced members of the militias, such as commanders and sergeants, would be allowed power swords and stub pistols. Instead of bows, single-shot stub rifles increased the power of the militias to defend themselves. Genetically modified, vat-grown horses designed to carry huge loads and live for extended periods of time pulled the plows that tilled the earth. And the true word of the Omnisaya could be told to the people of Varus III. Most importantly, House Vindicta received much-needed reinforcements, supplies, and knowledge. Sacristans, trained by the Mechanicus, arrived to, tell, to, to tend to the knights, and the council member was allowed to remain in order to learn and provide aid. The council as a whole remained leading the people of Varus III under the watchful eye of the Mechanicus. After House Vindicta was returned to strength, Theta Psi Seven fully repaired, and Varus III enjoying a new golden age, a single Explorator vessel was assigned to be stationed at the planet in order to provide protection and be able to quickly respond to any threats or potential missions of knowledge in the Segmentum Pacificus. The populace of Varus III looked upwards in awe as the Explorator arc cruiser class Omnisiahs Lance slipped into the dock of Theta Psi VII. Commanding this vessel of knowledge and war is tech priest Dominus Arax, under him, a small legion of Skatari, dubbed the Terminus Legion, marches to war. Arax is, very, is a very contemplative, inquisitive tech priest, unafraid to experiment with new technologies, to degrees normal within Stygis VIII, but heretical to others. He prefers his legion to fight from afar, landing blow after blow with squads of rangers, squadrons of dune crawlers, and thunderous cadres of castellans. Followed by swift strikes by Sicarian rust stalkers and infiltrators. House Vindicta honors the will of the Omnissiah by always having one knight errant and two armiger warglaves stationed aboard the Lance. In battle, they charge into the enemy ranks, ripping, tearing, melting, felling dozens as Eric's legion, Eric's legion. Eric, I'm sorry, it's not your legion. That's (laughs) fine. Fire Fury! Fire Fury into the foe with precise shots, compensating for the dance of death performed by the knights. To supply the Terminus Legion, the hardy fighters of Varus III constantly vie for the attention of the tech priests who accompany the Vindicta Knights into battle when destroying the orc raiders. After each battle, a select few who prove their bravery and absolute dedication to the Omnissiah will return to the lance with the priests and undergo the pr- process to become Skatari, transcending their brothers back on the surface. They have proven their worth to fight beyond their mortal span, eternally marching for the Omnissiah. However, among the Terminus Light Legion, due to Arax's penchant for experimentation, all Skitari are fitted and with modified and improved augmentation, but this causes occasional odd errors, the most common of which is a return of pre skatari memories although these are nearly instantly wiped again by the tech priests although strangely each Skatari seems to develop a personality of sorts afterwards erex and the terminus legion are favored by his superiors on stygis 8 as they as their constant voyages seek to seek knowledge yield excellent results the most coveted of which was an stc fragment retrieved from a dead world in a daring mission that left most of the legion decimated on occasion erex sends his Legion to thin out the hordes of orcs on the islands, simply to keep their skills sharp between missions. Thus, both House Vindicta and the Terminus Legion are extremely skilled and experienced when facing orcish enemies. Currently, Varus 3 is still somewhat unknown. After the fall of Cadia and the opening of the greatest warp rift in history, its parent forge world of Stygis 8 is once again uh, kept occupied by enemies of the Mechanicus. However, the presence of Arax in his legion keeps the world protected from most threats and supplied. Styges 8 sends less and less ships, but the foundries aboard the lance continue to pump out any material needed upon the surface. surface. Arax continues to receive missions from his superiors and regularly leads the legion and House Vendicta to war. The threats in the galaxy loom ever closer, however, and the planet prepares for the worst. Dun, dun, dun. So,
0: that, that night house is very, very similar to mine. Like, very...
1: very... Yours doesn't have ancestry? No. Okay. Because um, I, I knew that's what, like, a big thing in this one is that there were no, like, it's yeah. not a bloodline. Whereas yeah. normally nighthouses are very much tied to yeah. blood.
0: And and then the whole like, oh yeah, like they're it's a medieval style of technology with very few sparse populated things. But here's what I don't like about this story. I love the <laughs> setting. I love all the flavor and stuff, but ultimately there was no conflict to keep me interested. There was nothing there that was like. I just wasn't pulled in, you know. So The the the, the only conflict was the threats in the galaxy loom ever closer. However, and the planet prepares for the worst. Um, Like there are orc tribes, but like there's never been. They're always described as feral. There's never been a major orc wog there.
1: So here's something that might change that. Sure. Uh, Thermal cannons are pretty fucking huge, right? Yep. How big? Like how? Sure. What kind of what kind of targets are thermal cannons actually taking out?
0: Yeah, like ponies. No, big big thing. Massive. Absolutely sure, massive, sure, sure. right? So
1: yeah. uh so it says they melt down the largest of their kind with the thermal cannon.
0: Of orc kind like orcs can still have uh, gargantuan squigoffs. Right. But
1: stuff. just imagine being yeah. a village yeah. medieval with yeah. a sword Ooh, and, and I there's, love this. And there's a gargantuan yes. bigger than any house you've ever seen yeah. rampaging in a straight line for your village. You still need knights. Yeah. I think like the yeah, the setting he's creating is not I love the setting. Yeah. I fucking love it. It's not a it's not like a constant conflict thing. It's more like a desperate race to survive. Is is how I read this. Is okay. that they're not they're not trying to battle all the time. In fact, they desperately hope they don't have to battle yeah. because repairs on all these knights
0: could take years. Exactly,
1: yeah. is really shitty. And the knights seem to be overzealous. And when other people are like, no, like, fall back, fall back, like abandon the village or whatever, yeah. these knights are willing to throw themselves into extra danger, yeah. knowing full well the terrible things that they're potentially bringing upon their house. So yeah. th- it's, it's not a, yeah, I view it as a survival story. Sure, sure. Maybe no, I'm
0: just looking yeah. at it the wrong way.
2: Um, Maybe. It's, it's, it's a fight fun. of time versus tradition, I oh. think. The longer the time rolls on, the more these knights can't potentially be repaired until the Mechanicus returns, but yet they have to keep that same very prideful defensive attitude yeah. they were.
1: Well, ab- absolutely. Good. like I think before the Mechanicum actually showed up on their planet for the second time, yeah. they never knew the Mechanicum was going to come back. They're
0: very interested. at up. That's all very interesting up until that point. But then yeah. as soon as the Mechanicum comes back, it's like the house is uh, fully repaired, you know, brought back to full strength. And at that point, it's no longer any issue.
1: The focus of the story has to shift at that point from the survivability of the planet itself to Erex's Terminus Legion and the exploration that they do. Now they're just spacefaring explorators. They are no longer in a fight for their survival because they've held out for so long and now they're actually able to go to space and yeah. function as part of a legion. So yeah.
0: It it just so. would have been nice to see some type even conflict. I don't know, like between You just don't the, feel it, hey? I love the setting. Like, but it just it doesn't hold my appeal because it's just like, okay, like there's there's no jumping off points. There's nothing that grabs me to keep me in.
1: Yeah. I I, I don't know. Maybe. I view this as like just a very open ended story. Like that, he, he's just ready now to take his because obviously this guy runs like uh Skatari and a night allied yeah. Night House, yeah, right. Like, um, but they, I like to think that now they're just ready to go and join the rest of the universe in like the fight against anything that's the sure. Imperium's enemies. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, so it's, it's different. Is, it's this different. This
0: is a perfect fucking setting for an RPG, though.
1: Absolutely, like, yeah. Very
2: true. Did either of you get worried when the Mechanicus came back that they were just going to say like, I nope, did. don't like oh, it? Yeah, yeah I was kind
0: of looking forward to that. Or like the Mechanicus like <laughs> taking advantage of them or something and like turning them into like slaves or just something. But it, it just seemed like there's always just like a positive outcome.
1: Yeah, this guy just uh, really likes the the hope. That's fine. Super into the hope That's aspect. Fine. Yeah. yeah,
0: like my critique is definitely like, I love the setting. I just, it doesn't scream 40k necessarily to me. Hmm.
1: I get it. Yeah, to me, no, like I get yeah. it as in like to me, like I'm fully, I'm into this. Yeah, sure. yeah.
0: Well, you should read my Nighthouse. I have,
1: I have read your Nighthouse, and then uh, I promptly decided I never wanted anything to do with it, <laughs> other than <laughs> incorporating it both into my Necron lore and into my Grey Knight lore. Other than those two. So, other <laughs> other than that, I want to <laughs> abandon it completely. No, Bryce. Um, I do really enjoy
0: the setting, so yeah, please don't take me my too. my criticism like too too much at, too
1: much to heart. Because really, it's just like no, that's just, a that's a personal preference. It, it
0: honestly is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think like there's there's good good building in here. I like your like the things you've named. The tidally locked planet is is fun.
0: That was the one thing that um the imagery created was really nice. So. Typically, orcs. I don't know. In my mind, I always picture them just like in the forest doing forest things, like feral orcs in the forest, just chopping down trees or doing whatever the fuck they are. Interesting. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But it's like I can just picture that like orcs as like Vikings almost, like raiding villages on boats. And like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a very hmm. different example of orcs where it's like they're island based and they're hopping islands. Yeah. Like, you could see in the distance, like, oh shit, here they and come. And like the
1: drums of war that yeah, you would yeah, hear right. and, and they would build watch posts like on the cliffs of yeah, like the ocean. Yeah. and Yeah, that's very like, cool. Because
0: normally yeah, I, for me anyways, it's always just orcs spewing out of a forest.
1: Or out of caves or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. But this,
0: like, yeah, it's a very Viking like, I, I, huh. like I said, I love the setting of this. Like, very
1: cool, yeah. Orcish longships or something. Absolutely, like, here, right? and they like, they Maybe they grab slaves yeah. too to like, yeah. Put on like crew their boats and everything, and it's just a raiding culture. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. How big are the ships? Would the ships have to be to like bring their gargantuans and <laughs> yeah, the their squigoths? Yeah. Like, what if they're just like mobile fortresses that they've built? <laughs> yeah, and they just constantly are in the seas and the ocean. Yeah. Ah, no, very cool. Thank you, Bryce. And how big do you think those horses are? Right? I mean, he mentioned.
2: Those vat-grown horses were taking the place of armagers. I mean, armagers aren't aren't wee little dudes. I don't no, think. No, they
0: are like twenty-five feet tall.
2: Okay, this is some serious horses. Some today. big vat-grown boys. They've
0: been eating their wheaties for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like this yeah. story. It just makes me want to play an RPG in it for sure.
1: Yeah, and no, then tell cool. my own story. I I do like the whole they find a champion.
0: Yeah, yeah. The every way time they do a, that.
1: every time a pilot dies, they hold like a tournament.
0: Yeah, the cockpit's open. It's like yeah.
1: Well, it it kind of it kind of seems like the tournament also could just be a way to honor the past, the pilot who gave his life, Hmm. in the same way that you know you're trying to fight with enough honor for the new throne mechanicum to accept you. Yeah, yeah. As a rider,
0: actually watching and judging. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like that. Yeah, and of course, and like uh, that night for the duration of the tournament is probably not touched. It, At all, yeah. Because like they want the first touch to be like this new bond between like you and like that. I don't know. I could, I could yeah. definitely you build some cool narrative out yeah. of that. Yeah, very cool. Thanks for reading, Spenny. Yeah, no problem. It's long. There were some words yeah. in there. A couple. There's one or two.
2: Reading, but yeah, I'm glad I didn't get that first one with all those apostrophes because I can't <laughs> I can't whistle in the middle of sentences. <laughs> so I'm glad that you you picked Fair that enough. up.
0: Uh, did you did you like anything particular, Spenny, about this story? Anything jump out at you?
2: Oh man, you're gonna th- you're gonna throw me back in it after we had that. Um, yeah, I, as much of it was all just a blur because I was trying to guess the words uh-huh, correctly, uh-huh. Uh, I, I def I definitely think that the it was a, it was a great base and the the amount of unknown on just that planet itself could lead to so many cool stories yeah. branching off from this basis i mean i don't know a a knight getting dropped to the bottom of the ocean i'm not even sure if that's possible but i'd like to see it um so there it's just it's a it's got a lot of cool geography on the planet itself and then the story of them taking that survival and putting it into the stars is uh is is neat and kind of hooks you into where is it going to go from here Mm
0: -hmm. yeah no absolutely i i I think for me, it would all just get fixed with just one more line, even. What would you add? Just at the very end, like maybe just make the threat more imminent. Like, he—he, he, it's the threats of the galaxy loom ever closer, however, and the planet prepares for the worst. Like, yeah, the six tricks
1: maledictum, that's the threat. Yeah,
0: just one more yeah. line, I think, just to really like. Demon
1: scrap is starting to he- be heard on like the like thing, that. or yeah. uh, Levi, or the warp is growing silent as like a hive. Yeah. Threatens them, or the the only thing is because it's so close to Styges 8 hmm. because it's only a few systems away, yeah. Which is like in real terms, that's very far, but in 40k, that's very, very close, yeah. So
0: it's just one, one sacrifice of a navigator brain, and then you're good, exactly.
1: Then you're already there, yeah. Yeah. But uh, like Styges 8 is just such a well made thing that any threat threatening this thing, is ultimately also a threat to Styges, yeah, sure whatever
0: yeah no it's my criticism is personal and not at all bad yeah um cool thank you uh for Th- thank you Bryce advice. um next story we got is by David and I'm going to read this one okay this is a story about the Seliglare mounted infantry and the noble house of cresswick
1: is it sealgare or Sh- sealgayer selagare I don't know. It's definitely it's not. No, it's definitely not No, cellar. no, because there's no, it's no <laughs> A. But you know, No, okay. Shalgar. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna stick we, with where him. Where's James when we need him? <laughs> you know, our resident linguist.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the north of the Imperium nihilus. I hope I got that right.
1: Yes, you did. Yeah. Any of the anything in his like quotation or in the. Parentheses is just him talking. I wouldn't worry about that. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, thanks, Eric.
0: What you, about all the underlined red words?
1: Underline, you're definitely gonna have to just muddy. Uh, through so, those. Grand
0: Masters or Grand Misters? <laughs> I don't, I'm gonna start. Oh, look at me! I'm starting to call my dad that now. You Grand, grand Mister? mister. <laughs> I think it's mysteries actually. <laughs> the Grand Mysteries. Oh, um, the north of the Imperium Nihilist lies. The Innis system, a small group of planets insignificant to the wider Imperium. Its only claim to fame is the Nighthouse Crestwork, led by the headstrong Callian Cadwick. Catech. The Grand Master of the Noble House, she is advised by Knight Commander Richard Fenwick, who act?
1: that face? Oh, is Richard Fenwick? It seems recognizable to me. Sorry, keep reading. Who acted as an advisor
0: to the to uh Callen's late father, George Cadwick, and now acts as a cooler head to counterpart the grandmaster's impulsive tendencies. Together they uh, make a shield with a small group of planets, but they are not alone in this uh seal glare. Counted infantry, they specialize in fast Quiet and most of all lethal combat using sentinels and chimeras. For fast attack that can quickly fade away into the scrub from once they came. Which would be which would come as a surprise to the gene seal cult which would appear on the small forge world of Innoval. It had infiltrated the fort. there's not a period in this whole thing. Yeah, it's kinda tough. <laughs> 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 um Clearly, this is not their first language, so I can't mock it because they're no, still better writer than me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh,
1: it's tough to just get proper thoughts across, though, because you'd always wonder, like, where where's one thought ending and the next one beginning? Yeah.
0: So I'll, I'll jump back to the gene so- cult, which would appear on a small forge world of In Inverell. It had infiltrated the forge world leadership. A quick response was required so the cell glare-mounted infantry quickly cleared out the cult, but something was all too familiar. Along the shadow of the warp had come a small tendril of the dreaded high-fleet Leviathan, and even though it was small, soon the skies of the home planet of the house Preswick fall from the first target for the Tyranid's wet black Went to black, sorry. Half of this is his fuck-ups and half of it's mine. (laughs) The swans of the Xenos. What? Yep. Swarms, I'm imagining.
1: Oh, okay. The
0: swarms of the Xenos, they decide to make this planet their last stand. For this planet, for this, had the best defenses in the system. (laughs) And soon there were many Tyranid dead at the bottom of the fortress walls. But even though the Tyranids were losing many of the creatures, but they kept coming, but when hope seemed lost, there was hope, hope in the shape of blood red storm raven gunships and Astartes of the Blood Angels chapter descended from the heavens creating a handle against the anvil of the fortress and the skies began to clear uh, and the victory was won by the Imperium and I'm going to add a period
1: there. Perfect. It's over. Boom. So, okay. Uh, this is a night house
0: that, that was infiltrated by Gene Steelers uh, and eventually fought off like a, a fucking Tyranid High fleet.
1: Was saved by blood angels.
0: Yeah. Fought off and saved.
1: Okay. Well, they were saved. All hope was lost, yeah. they said. Well, all hope, hope in the shade of shapes. Hope, they hope. kept coming in, but hope <laughs> seemed lost. There yes. was hope. Hope. <laughs> yeah. It again. <laughs> hope was, was once again found. Uh, Grievously <laughs> misplaced, <laughs> I think. But that was not Jerry's not fault. Lost. I do right.
0: like the how it gets represented on tabletop with the uh, Glare mounted infantry with Sentinels and Chimeras. It's a very cool army. Sentinels and Chimeras. Sentinels are like at ATSTs and yep. Chimeras are like transport little
1: tank infantry,
0: infantry oh, okay. tanks.
1: Don't look at me like I'm an idiot, Mark. This was for Spenny's sake, Oh, actually. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just oh, looking at wow. Sorry, he
1: was looking now. at you like you were an idiot, Spenny. <laughs> That's really hurtful, Mark. <laughs> i <laughs> it's the haircut, yeah, I get it, yeah, I kept touching myself this entire time, oh, I know it's it's delightful, yeah. It's really <laughs> uncomfortable actually <laughs> um, so okay, there's an i there's like an i g force as well then in this whole thing,
0: yeah, it seems to be Because so this this is a small group of planets, so oh okay okay have, uh yes, it's one, the
1: innis system, yeah, okay there's so an there's a, there's a house. there's uh an imperial guard um yeah, like representation here. It, There's a forge world.
0: Somebody has to keep things going. But
1: yeah, the forge it, world of Inveril. Inveril.
0: Yeah, and like this uh, seal glare mounted infantry doesn't necessarily have to be guard. They could just be like a PDF. Uh, PDF. But like, it's just e,
1: sure, sure, of yes. course. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I I'm wrong on assuming it's guard, but it's it's armed it's as guard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I wonder like, yeah, it sounds to me like he had a battle with Tyranids and or Yeah, I don't know. Main,
0: main player did some
1: campaign or yeah. something. This is this is a pretty quick like it's a one off description of like one battle alongside trying to describe the entire exposition of your army in yeah. a third of a page. With someone who might struggle with the English language, so and, and it, not, it's a little not tough. Fun of that? No, of tough. course like, it's like we're, I, I
0: talk to people from around the world, and it's like it's crazy. Like I can't grasp speaking a second language. Yeah, so like
1: to be able to even write this and, and give it to us is yeah, impressive it's, it's, and an, enough. Exactly. So, so we're just trying yeah. to put it together, <laughs> but yeah, Leviathan shows Benny, up.
0: Twenty-seven things. What do you like?
2: <laughs> Twenty-seven things that I liked about this sentence was. <laughs> um the, 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 well, That was good. You, okay <laughs> <laughs> Thanks I, I wasn't sure Mark was gonna pull up on it, but I'm <laughs> glad that you did. Um, I I, I I like the contrast that the fortress walls had with everything else that the, the you know Tyranids are quintessentially space aliens fighting these human forces that are just in this besieged castle sort of structure it seemed very contrasting yeah, and you could
0: just see the piles of the like the the niche just stacking up Oof.
2: right and then the blood angels kind of in the last part of the sentence there just showed the up glory. Uh, very abruptly and we're like don't worry guys got this and then just you know dropped them all yeah um kind of be a bummer i think if i was part of the the seal gear you would have rather
0: infantry, died than be saved eh? and lost all that glory
2: you know, die on your feet, live on your knees, sort of deal. <laughs> Wait, yeah, why are they absolutely. now living on their knees? Well, because they, they're you know, they're on the second place to the podium. I mean you figure <laughs> if, if the black just got the gold, I mean now at this point they couldn't even defend their own homes. Just so they're get out. probably <laughs> don't even bother. <bawl>. <laughs> exactly. Just ride your horse off into the ocean. I are your vat grown horse. Mech. Well, it's it's they it said mounted infantry, and I, until we got to the Sentinels and Chimeras, I didn't pick up that it was not just those gigantic <laughs> horses from the last. They, they
1: just took a so. couple from the other planet. Yeah, and you only need two. You, you're <laughs> not going to need you know a horse for everybody. Everybody can ride on My just friend. two horses. <laughs> Perfect. So,
2: right. Cool. <sighs>
1: um.
0: Yeah. Thanks, David, for sharing. Thank um, you. Yeah. Yeah, I really have nothing else to say about this one.
1: Yeah, it's nice and simple. Like, there's, it's not like you can't get lost in minutia in this one because (laughs) he's kept it very simple. Yeah, right. And he's just like, hey, like this is how they fight. This is who they fought one time. It was like their defining battle. Yeah, and they they, they made a connection with the Blood Angels. I guess this. this
0: would be like a defining battle. Like anything that happens after this, after your world is about to get destroyed, like anything after
1: that, what really matters, you know? Yeah, like you've gone through the crucible already. Like now you... It's like TV
0: shows when they do the apocalypse on season one and then they have to top it, but they never can. You know, it's just like... Well, then they
1: just introduce more demons (laughs) and like Uh leviathans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is supernatural. Supernatural, (laughs) looking at you, bud.
0: Yeah, so I I guess when you look at it like that, like this would be really all you need to know. Absolutely, this yeah. This is, their, this is their this is their moment. Yeah. After this, now maybe they're like Tyranid hunters, or like, yeah,
1: yeah. You can literally do anything you want at after this point, right? Like, so cool. You don't think they lived happily ever after? Well, right? it's forty k, so probably not.
2: But every other story here leaves me with like an ominous feeling, whereas this story, I felt more comfortable because the Astartes, you know, well, showed up, took care. Right? of it. thank God the Astartes showed up. Right.
0: Uh, Spenny, read the last line there.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, ominous gonna go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah, that is ominous. Um, yeah.
1: Mark, you can't just alter that, people's <laughs> uh,
2: people's stories. That's ridiculous. David, I, I won't let Mark you this story. I will not read that aloud. I'm I'm you know, journalistic integrity is taking a stand. That's what I'm gonna do right here.
1: This right. is the standard that Lorehammer is keeping to. <laughs>
0: cool. Well, uh, Spenny, thanks for joining us. We're gonna actually have Spenny on for like an actual conversation episode here. Yeah, a, lo- a Lorehammer lockdown. A Lorehammer lockdown, as it's been branded.
1: That's right. Um, but I'm still allowed to
2: leave the room for like restroom none, purposes none, and stuff. None, or is
1: it none, lockdown? You have to piss oh. your pants. It's locked down. I don't, what? Did, what about <laughs> lockdown? Does not make sense to you, Spenny. <laughs> Apparently the lock yeah, portion, yeah. the talent portion
2: got it, but locking yeah. don't so like. So if
0: you want to hear more of Spenny, um, yeah. find his
2: episode. Find his episode. Or if you don't, skip it. Don't you know unsubscribe and then resubscribe <laughs> after that episode. <laughs> Why, Why would you do this to yourself? Hold on, unsubscribe. Just trying try to stay low profile, set low expectations. So when they all of a sudden have to listen to me not reading and mispronouncing words, they could be like, "This guy can't even
1: form coherent <laughs> yeah. thoughts either." I mean, uh, anyone who spends time on a discard. Discord already knows that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't that's sell yourself shorts, Benny. You're a beautiful soul. Wow. Thanks.
2: <laughs> that's very that's very touching. And and coming from you with the new hairdo, it just seems a little culty, but on that's you, for sure. Yeah, yeah, did it was he? Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> uh, we'll find out. Are you after gonna the join episode? me, put on like new robes and <laughs> I'll cut your hair? Velvet,
0: <laughs> all velvet robe.
1: No no no, they're <laughs> rough cotton. If oh. I've uh, oh, yeah. got okay. Well, burlap uh, underwear too.
2: Does burlap shrink when you wash it? It sure. I don't. I've never, I've never tried to. You wash don't need
1: burlap.
2: to. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to. Okay, we're just gonna let it sort of swill and as I you know gain more knowledge, it will. Darken yeah, it just alone. matures. Okay, <laughs> mm. okay. <laughs> I got that uneasy feeling again. The blood angels fixed it for me, and now I have <laughs> the perfect.
1: Energy. That's what we wanted. Cool. <laughs>
0: So with that, awesome. um, yeah. if you guys have a listener lore, send it in to us. Get a hold of us, and yeah. we can uh,
1: direct you where to send it. Um, you know what? Uh, what? Yeah, and you know, never mind. That's a topic for after. Okay. We'll, well, I'll chat with you about it after. Okay. Um. Yeah.
0: Thanks again for sharing. Um. It it is really cool. Like really enjoyable reading these. Um.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Like. Uh, yeah. Anything, I enjoy it. I just like seeing like what, how do people interpret their own world of 40k? Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Because right? that's like, what it's
0: all about, man. It, it doesn't matter what the main characters are doing. It's what do you like in 40k? What are you getting
1: up to with what you've yeah, created? And then don't include named characters. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Out, out of all the, sto- <laughs> <laughs> out of all, all these stories were good, man. Like, uh, yeah, I enjoyed e- them. Even the last one with the uh, the image of them, like this is their defining moment in time. I like it now. So,
1: yeah. Uh, most of these, like uh, you come off it, it's very few where we're like, well, and any problems we do have, it's normally lorical. It's yeah. It's like, well, this just isn't how like these well, squads actually, work. Yeah,
0: M thirty seven.
1: There is a little bit. Of, it almost feels like gatekeeping, but the and the truth is, it's just like you're writing something that someone has already established yeah. as fact, and so. Anything that you do that's different is just like a dishonor, yeah, uh, to like what someone has already established. So, and none of us are canon writers anyway. So, like, we don't write canon. Anything that we do is just our in our own head, and we have to work with the canon someone else wrote. Yeah, even, okay. even, it's yeah. What am I trying to say right now? Jeez, it's the hair. I don't know what's <laughs> happening to me
2: right now. As soon as you said dishonored, I was like, okay, he's the hair he's going is deep taking like over now.
0: <laughs> ah. We'll leave it with that. Everyone, the hair is taking over. Lock lock yourself in your house. Thanks for listening.